Today's fun fact comes from the book, The Insanity of God, a true story of faith resurrected by Rick Ripken and Greg Lawrence. In it, in, in the book, it outlines numerous stories of believers beyond, behind the Iron Curtain and within closed countries that are hostile to the go, hostile to the gospel in this story is the story of a man named Dimitri in in the story he started a bible study and within his home with his family and all that but here's an excerpt from from it and that this was after this Marxist, God, the godless Marxist Soviets arrested him and sent him many, many miles away from his family. There was an, I'm starting him on page 156. There was another discipline too, another custom that Dimitri told me about. Whenever he found a scrap of paper in prison, he would sneak it back to his cell there he would put out, pull out a stub of pencil or a tiny piece of charcoal that he had saved, and he would write out on the scrap of paper, a, as tiny as he could, all the Bible verses and scriptural stories and songs that he could remember. When the scrap was completely filled, he would walk to the corner of his little jail cell where there was a concrete pillar that constantly dripped water, except in the winter time, when the moisture became a solid coat of ice on the inside surface of a cell. Dimitri would take the paper fragment and reach as high as he possibly could and stick it on the damp pillar as a praise offering to God. Of course, when the when his janitors spotted a piece of paper on the pillar, they would come into his cell, take it down, read it, beat Dimitri severely, and threaten him with death. Still, Dimitri refused to stop with this discipline. Go, 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 going on, it starts with um, describing a time where the Soviet guards would write his own confession. And he would, they would come back and sign it. He agreed to do so, but that very uh, reading on the opposite page, on page one fifty-seven, that very night, he sat on his jail cell bed. He was in deep despair, grieving the fact that what he had to give up. At that same moment, thousands of kilometers away from his family. Dimitri's wife, his children, who were growing up without him, and his brother sensed through the Holy Spirit the, the despair of his of this man in prison. His love, his loved ones, gathered around a, the very place where he was sitting at, where he was sitting as Dimitri told me this story. They knelt in a circle 
and began to pray out loud for him. Miraculously, the Holy Spirit of the living God allowed Dimitri to hear the voices of his loved ones as they prayed. The next morning, when the guards marched into his cell with the documents, Dimitri, Dimitri's back was straight, his shoulders were spread, and, and there, there was strength in his face and in his eyes, and he looked at his captors and declared, I am not signing anything. To, to go on, on page 158, Dimitri w was dragged from his cell as he was dragged down to the corridor to the center of the prison. The strangest thing happened. Before they reached the door leading to the courtyard, before stepping out into the place of execution, 1,500 Hardened criminals stood to attention by their beds. Their faces, they faced the east, and they began to sing. Dimitri told them that it sounded to him like the greatest choir of all human history. 1,500 criminals raising their arms and began to sing the heart song that he they, they had heard Dimitri sing to Jesus every morning for all of those years. Dimitri's jailers instantly released their hold on his arms and stepped away from him in terror. Today's passage comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain bladings, for they will increase unto more godliness, and their word will eat as doth a cracker, cranker, of whom is Amos and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection has passed already and overthrown the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them as are his, them that are his, and let Every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. But a man therefore purge himself of these, he sh shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and and met for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the, the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do 
gender strifes. And the ser servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose them themselves, if God per pre-adventured pre will give them rep recompense to the knowledge of the truth, and that they may rec recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, and who are who are taken captive by him at his will. This is Liberty Column with Caleb D. Brock. And welcome back. Today's episode is how to study the Bible in the version debate. So today I will give you a few pointers on how to best go about studying the Bible, as well as discussing in very, very brief terms the debate around which version is the correct version. Now, I am working from the English translations in terms of ver versions, but... Some of the principles can be applied in other in in other languages translations, whether it is French, Japanese, or even Italian. Be, be, before I begin, talk talking specifically about methods and tactics to study the Bible. I there there are a few things I must say that just make Bible study more helpful. One, it, well, two, is prayer and med, med, meditation. These are so essential because without them, without prayer and without med, meditation, you you are incapable and inadequate to unlock the secrets of God's word. You, we we must pray for the Holy Spirit to show us what the Lord intended when the Scripture was write, written. We must meditate on this on what we study to be able to apply that and find some interesting truth to apply to our lives. So, with with that and in that spirit of prayerfulness and and in that meditative state let's talk about a few methods of course there are numerous di different methods that you can use in terms of how to st study your bible but these methods are so numerous that we'd be here for a long time i'll co cover a few that i think are perhaps the best in terms of just Start, if you start start out, and as you move into the more advanced categories of study, then definitely more methods will open up to you. The first is chap chapter summary. That this one is really good when you just when you're starting out because it essentially is just you summarizing that you read through a chapter and you pr prayerfully some summarize it, like 
within one, two, three sentences, something that you can kind of go back to in your day to help you remember what you stu studied. A, a sec second one that would be most helpful is a char character trait stu study. Stu studying what does it mean to be meek? What does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean to be long-suffering? And just figure out how to do what that really looks like and how to properly apply that to one's life. A third, and perhaps one that would help bring the Bible alive more to us, is the a biographical study. Study the greats. Study Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Daniel, Jonah, Paul, Peter, and many, many more, Esther, Ruth, and learn about those characters and find ways that you can apply that in your life as well. The fourth is a book, book survey where you read, read through and you get general ideas, you, out, you perhaps outline the format, the topics covered, just to get a broader 40,000... 40,000 foot view of the text. And then the next one, which is a little bit more micro, the book survey was definitely more of the macro scale, but the more micro is stu studying it verse by verse. Really getting into each verse and just studying out and gleaning as much truth out of each one of those verses as you can. One thing that you could do, and if you are are from familiar with it is diagramming the sentences within scripture understanding the relationship of words to each other to be able to help you understand the depths and the intricacies of that particular verse that you are stu studying one tactic that or the to, let's move on to tactics Ta these tactics are universal across all most of these stu studies i'd prob probably not include it within um the verse by verse although it, it will come into play to a degree but we one must understand the culture and society behind the text so what that essentially means is that we must be able to understand the culture in which the text was writ written in and how that was, how the writers encouraged action, and based on that encouragement, draw out, come to the second tactic, and that is the understanding what the text itself says and developing the principles to apply to that, because these principles that you pull will not only apply to the culture and society behind the text but it will also apply to the culture in front of the text, which is the modern era and the current era, the contemporary era. And so these, prin the, these principles bridge that divide between first and second century um, mi 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 Middle East and 21st century Europe, North America, South America, and all the other regions. 
So when 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 you study when you study, we must go about it using that tactic of the, those tactics of understanding the cultural and society behind the text. Because if we don't, we'll be we'll put things in that we don't intend, and we are not to read things into scripture. God has been very clear on that, even in their passage that we read at the beginning. Um, but in 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 terms of stu stu studying, especially if you're doing one of those character trait type stu studies with um, where you're looking for like a key word, um, one thing that would be very helpful is the is some sort of Strong's exhaustive concordance or another variety of concordances. Looking in this, my Strong's, I looked at the term righteousness. And in that, in, in that concordance, that word takes up near, nearly a page of, in, of entries of the word righteousness. So it must be something important. And so if you're stu studying out what righteousness is, then going through and studying out those passages that they uh, that that word arises in would be the right way to go. On, on, on another resource, especially for those of you that have a hard time understanding um the un, un, understanding the version that you prefer to stu study with is a com comparative Bible. I I I have one in my library, and it um, compares the King James um, Bible with the um, and NIV, the ESV, and I one other one that um, that escapes me at the mo moment, and it just provides you parallel texts be able to understand and get at the general meaning. I'll come back to discuss the, the, the version thing, of course, and here in the next few minutes. A few, few intermediate resources is um, key, a Keyword stu Study Bible, which helps you pick out and look at the keywords to to explore within the text with when when you're doing more of the chapter by chapter or the verse by verse um, and some by by Bible helps with explaining difficult passages when something is phrased in such a way where you perhaps don't understand ha having a resource like that would be just so helpful because it provides some clarity from people that are older or that are smarter and wiser in that area than I or even you are would just provide you with that clarity. And then of course we talked about me methods of study, but some sort of Bible study methods help book, just some sort of way to give you a step-by-step -step instruction on how to do it. Um, and then there's of course some more advanced um, resources like a like a systematic theology, which is definitely very dense re reading. Definitely don't want to be doing that, uh, reading that all the way through without stops. And then also some co commentaries from trusted co commentators. Now, 
I outlined all these resources that you can use, but for me, I would ask your pa pastor for help with bu building your biblical library because he would know the best resources to help you in your faith. I, I, I can recommend a few resources, but at, at the end of the day, your, your, your pastor should be the one providing you with that, inf that help. And for all of you that don't attend a church, I would strongly encourage you guys to get plugged back, plugged into a church somewhere. If if you're in the if if you're in the Midwest or the the Upper Midwest here in South South Dakota where I'm at or where wherever, I would be able to point you to a few churches. But I. I would really encourage you to find a good Bible-believing church to get plugged into because that would just help you out tremendously. Now, we are moving on to perhaps the one portion of this um, episode that will be kind of difficult to, for some people to li li listen to. Um, we... When, when, especially in the English, um, the the English language, we have so many different "quote unquote" versions. Um, we call them versions because they are a different. They, they're a different. Um, they say the same thing differently. It's a different version. It's said differently. But all, 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 all of these versions, they're really translations. Because as, as, as I said in um, episode two, that the, the original Bible was written in, in Hebrew, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And so, and anything outside of the original text is a translation, and you would lose certain things within it. Now, there are three types of translation categories out there. You have the par par paraphrase, which is like the, like the English translation, the message. And I, I would not recommend those to you um, just because they water down Scripture and use language that is not becoming of a Christian. Um, and then you have the thought for thought, the... These are more of your dynamic type translations. Um, the uh, the the NIV and the ESV are two that come to my mind. Then you have word for word, which is they translate every word into the language that it um, is being translated to. One is the is the King James Bible, the New King James Bible, the the Gen the Geneva Bible, and the Wycliffe Bible. Of course, the Geneva and Wycliffe Bible are in Middle English, so it will be very hard for us modern English speakers and readers to perhaps read it. But it would be the the one that most people think of is the King James Bible. What is the best ver version? Well, you... For each individual person, they're the ones that are going to have to come to that. I can t t I, I could tell you based on 
this factor, this translation method, this group of um, the, these group, this group of documents versus that group of doc documents. But at at the end of the day, it the decision is on you. Do I think that there are definitely better translations than others? Yes. As I said, paraphrases are not the best translations to be using. And even in some instances, thought for thoughts are not the best. Word, word, word for words are, word for word translations are the best. Now, he, he, here at, Li, here at Lib, Liberty Column, I use the 1900 um, authorized King James Bible. That's what I use. It's what I grew. It's what I grew up with. It's what I've memorized scripture in. It's what I'm most comfortable with. And so that's what I will be using. And I don't foresee me changing that anytime soon. So that 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 that's where that's this few thoughts I had on the ver version debate. Now, in in conclusion. There, when 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 it comes to this debate on, when it comes to ver, ver, versions, I see such vitriol on both sides, especially of the King James versus no King James debate. I see so much vitriol and hatred with people that it just hurts my soul to hurts my soul to see it because God calls us to unity, not to division. And I, I, de I de definitely see ha hatred on the King James, but it seems uh, on the King James only side or King James preferred side, but I also see a lot of hatred. Like, you can't understand it. You can't understand the King James Bible. Use the ESV. But it's like, you can get saved irregardless if you read the ESV or the NIV, as you can reading the authorized King James Bible, but that does not necessarily that does not necessarily mean that one is better than the other. Now, is now now is the King James perhaps the most accurate? I would say yes, but is that a hill that will divide? Divide fellowship for me? No, because I'm called to unity, and that is something that I should not be compromising on. So, and and go and going back to our back to the day, this guy named Dmitri in Russia in this former Soviet Union, in that in that gulag, studying the scriptures, doing these word these book surveys and such there will come a day and i hope it never happens in our gen, in my gen, gen generation nor in my future kids and grandkids and my great great grandkids gen, kids generation where they are not allowed to own a bible but it is so important that we met, met, meditate and we pray and that we study the bible because there will come a day when we don't have the Bible. I hope it never comes, but it indefinitely will come. And so I would just encourage you guys to just, just dig into the Word. That 
that this fact, fun fact, was convicting even for me. I mean, I I write these for you guys and trying to have an impact on you. But when 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 I read stuff, it's it's equally convicting for me. So if I'm talking to myself here, so I I I appreciate you taking the time to li listen. Of course. Like, share, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Um, share this with a friend. Um, you guys are my sales team. Um, the only way that this platform and this um, podcast will grow is if you guys get the word out and sh share it around. As, as indicated by the title, Liberty Column, I'm here to promote, promote the ultimate freedom, both from spiritual bondage and also from political bondage and so if if you can just find one maybe two people that you can share this with and get them to subscribe and follow and download the podcast that's so we can see this the this group of liberty men and women grow to legions upon legions because we need that once again, I pre pre appreciate the time that you guys spent listening to this. This is Liberty Column with Caleb D. Brock. Farewell, and Godspeed. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, follow, and subscribe to the column for new content. Farewell, and Godspeed.